This is News Talk 1290 CJBK. This is left, right, and center coming up next after the news at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Jeff and Bob will be in today. And I'm going to ask them about subsidizing the disadvantaged. I'm going to be politically correct here. There's a lot of talk lately about the need for subsidies in a variety of areas. Bus passes, um, uh, not putting this tax on on, uh, low-priced meals in restaurants, um, rent banks, public housing. I'm going to ask the guys to, uh, and I'm going to see if I can keep them somewhat in the center on this one because I know they both are have the great ability to go squirrely off in every direction when we talk about an issue like this because they both, both feel very passionately and quite differently about it. I'm going to try to keep keep ourselves focused if we can today. I meant no disrespect by saying they go squirrely off in all directions because mm-hmm. just mean they're passionate. Exactly. See if we can... If there's any common ground between these two guys on the issue of what do we do to help people? Uh, How far can we take it? Well, yes, and in an immediate sense, too. I'm going to try Mm -hmm. to keep them away from political philosophy, although Bob will give me a hard time because he doesn't like when I do that. Right. And and I understand why, but we're going to see if we can, in a practical sense, are there practical ways we can deal with this, quote, problem, or is it a problem at all? So that's what's coming up on Left, Right, and Center with Schlemmer and Metz this morning. I think it should be very interesting. You're not going to ask them who the greatest Canadian ever was? (sighs) Yes, I am. I'm going to ask them that, yes. And I'm going to ask them whether they, uh, whether they would go in a beauty contest or not. All right. How's that? And you'll be the judge. Give your head a shake, will you? <laughs> Don't make me come in there and have to do it. All right. <laughs> okay. We've got news and weather and some important messages, and we will be back right after that with Left, Right, and Center with Schlemmer and Metz. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK where interesting people talk and London listens. And we are, well, we're not, I guess I'm back. My guests are here, so I can't say we're back. I'm back, they're here. How's that? Yeah, Bob Metz, Jeff Schlemmer. Yeah. Oh, back from the last time, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, sure. way back. Yeah. yeah, welcome, gentlemen, to both of you. Good morning, Jim. Thank you. Uh, I have a tough one for you today, guys. Because I'm going to put some constraints on you before we begin our dis- our discussion. I, I what I'm and the constraint is going to be this, and I know you're both going to squirm, but I don't care. I'm leaving the constraint on. <laughs> I don't want to talk philosophy. I want to talk practical solutions for a problem. Okay. I know that there are philosophical ways, broader solutions to the problem, but I want to just for the sake of our discussion today, I want to keep it at practicalities. And here's what I want to ask you about. Lately, we've had a lot of noise and news. Well, it's maybe not news, but we've had a lot of noise about the poor in our society and ways in which uh, society should be responding to some of their needs specifically. Uh, talked just last night about bus passes or reduced rates for uh, low-income people. Uh, talk about this so-called fat tax, the tax on restaurant meals under $4, provincial tax. Um, people are saying this is an assault on on the poorest among us. Uh, the rent banks that the uh, provincial government's talking about setting up, uh, the kinds of of uh, uh, abeyance or abatement programs that some of the utilities have for for poor people who can't uh, make their payments. Instead of just uh, cutting them off at the you know at the first sign of trouble, there are some programs, maybe not available for everybody, and maybe not uh, comprehensive, but there are some programs there. Um, affordable housing. Lots of talk about spending more money on affordable housing, and London's on that bandwagon too. So the the, the question I want to ask you guys is and maybe it's maybe it's more than one question as we get into it but the issue of subsidizing 
the disadvantaged of somehow spreading the wealth. There seems to be a general consensus, I think, and I think it's reflected in the people we elect, a general consensus that we should figure out some way to make sure that people aren't starving on the streets, uh, that they are able to participate at some level in our society. At the same time, there seems to be a general consensus that we really don't want to pay any more taxes to do that. Uh, we've got to find some other way to do it. So th that's kind of where I want to come from today. And not philosophically, well, if we changed our whole structure of government, we could do this and this and this. Given what we have now, how do we do this? If or, or, or would you dispute my assertion that I think the majority of Canadians, in theory anyway, would like to see it done? They would like to think that the disadvantage, that the poor are not, quote, suffering, that they're getting, you know, the... The minimum is they're getting what they need. They're getting, perhaps if bus passes, the answer, okay. If they need affordable housing, well, all right, you figure out how to get them to get it to them. Rent banks, figure out how to do that. Just don't put my taxes up. And, and I would start with you, Jeff. Would you agree with my assumption here that, that most Canadians do seem to be generally in favor of looking after each other? Yes, I, I think that that's uh, certainly true. Uh, and uh, I sometimes wonder where we get some of our values. Uh, and I think back to um, Charles Dickens' or Earl. 1800s uh, social advocate who I guess was quite a lefty social advocate. So every time people uh, see a Christmas carol, they're being subtly influenced uh, or not so subtly. Theoretically, <laughs> yeah, that's right, not so subtly to uh, to uh, do something about the poor. Now, I guess one thing that certainly we can start with is that the poor will always be with us in some form or another. By definition, there's going to be some people who are better off than others. Uh, one thing that, that, that interests me, though, in the time that I've spent in this business, I think it what what people think ought to be done about it ultimately does boil down to your core values, ideology, whatever you oh, want to call talk it. about that. Because it comes down to carrots and <laughs> sticks. That's how you motivate people. From my perspective, I think that, um, that the things that are likely to be most effective are things where we don't assume that they, they're somehow different than we are. And I think that uh, people run into trouble because if they're the further isolated we are from people, the more we think they're somehow different. And I try and think of, well, what are the things that motivate me? And it's not just carrots, it is carrots and sticks. So the question is, you know, how do you, how do you uh, structure society so that you've got the kinds of things that would motivate me to get out and finally get running, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to get somebody to go out and, uh, and get a job, uh, or alternatively, uh, you know, have those jobs available. I, I know that uh, I had thought back when we were talking about mandatory workfare that it would be very interesting if we were to say, look, anybody who wants, government's going to offer you a minimum wage, minimum wage job. And, I, and I'd be fascinated to see how many people would take that because I'm the one arguing people want to work, there aren't enough jobs. Mm -hmm. Other people are arguing, no, they just don't want to work because we have a culture of dependency. And I'm thinking, well, that would be an interesting way to put our money where our mouth is and just see what happens. Because I, I frankly have no idea. You know, I, I would like to think that people would go out and take those jobs, but I don't know. Bob? If your objective is to make this a non-political conversation... Well, there's only one possible answer: charity. Mm -hmm. Every other every other answer we use is political, mm -hmm. and political means taking from somebody without their consent and giving it to someone else. Sometimes without their consent. Sometimes mm -hmm. they give us stuff we don't want. Mm -hmm. So, is that system better than charity? I've watched this system in play now since the Trudeau years with intense interest. I see not a de reduction in poverty levels, but a constant, steady increase. A constant steady increase in taxes, a constant steady decrease in our standard of living, whether we want to believe it or not. We were once number two, we're now number 30, 40, something, somewhere down there. Um, and yet no one wants to look at the big picture. 
Uh, if you want to stay inside the box and stay inside the political box, I would say the biggest step we could take is to the, to end this ridiculous notion that we call universality, which is which has been bastardized to mean something it absolutely mm -hmm. does not mean, um, and to direct our assistance when we give it only to the people, not not to industry, not to doctors, not to schools, not to anybody who's in business, but to the people who need it. Now we can control that spending if we like. We can make sure that we're just the, you know, that someone's the intermediary for mm -hmm. people who can't control their own spending. Mm -hmm. But we can certainly make certain that the money gets to where it's going. And then it'll always be cheaper doing it this way than it will be by instead of, you know, the guy can't afford to take a train. Also, we'll run the whole train system. They don't give money to the guy to help. They, in fact, the, the price is exorbitant. So, for example, right? instead of a, instead of a, a reduced rate for the disadvantaged on the bus fare, you give them an extra money to buy a ticket. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. You don't mess around with the bus. Buses should be privatized. We shouldn't have a public mm -hmm. LTC. It's a nonsensical term, and it used to be private, by the way. Everything mm -hmm. that we have in this province, whether it was hydro or buses or anything, all used to be private until the government took them away under the assumption that they could do it better, and they couldn't. They put us in the position we're in. We're going to be paying tremendous prices. You know, you have to ask, why can't people pay their, their electric bills anymore? Because we've had Ontario Hydro for 30, 40 years mm -hmm. running up deficits that are equivalent to the deficit of Ontario itself. Mm -hmm. And so how, how, how are we going to get around this thing? We have to go back to what the people want, which is market forces. It's not political forces. Political forces are what a small group of people want imposed upon a large group of people. Market forces are what everybody wants, and everybody gets what they want. Jeff, let me the, pick up on something Bob said there about uh, about universality, and let's start focusing on the people who need help, the idea that we subsidize people directly. And there's, been, there's a lot of talk. In fact, there are examples of this where in the housing, for example, instead of building, quote, affordable housing, uh, we simply, there's a mechanism by which, by which in some situ situations the government will contribute X number of dollars to your rent. If you can't make the rent on a, a you know reasonable accommodation that you're in or that you'd like to be in, the government will top it up. And, and many people look at that and say, if we're going to do it at all, that's how we should be doing it because it's simple, it's neat, and it lets the marketplace uh, continue to provide the units. We don't have to buy anything. We don't have to own anything. Is it, well, how do you feel about that approach to that problem? Uh, well, I'm open to it. The, the reality, of course, is that the vast majority of, of subsidized housing is in the private sector. That uh, London Housing, for instance, in London uh, operates public housing, has, I think, about 4,000 units. Uh, you know, and we know that about a third of Londoners live in or live in rental housing, I should say. So that is the model right now that uh, people get a subsidy from their Ontario Works Welfare or from disability benefits, uh, and they use that to pay rent to a private landlord. Mm -hmm. And and I'm open to that. I know that I, I don't know much about construction. But I know I have a good friend whose husband was a um, a mortgage manager who said that for some reason, even though the public sector hires Elliston, they hire the same construction companies to build their projects. For some reason, they seem to cost about twice as much. And, and I don't know why that is, but uh, I don't like paying twice as much for the housing. And one thing that I, I've been struck by as well is that a lot of this comes down to, to human nature and how do we how do we instill good habits in people? I know that Warren Buffett, you know, uh, uh, second richest guy in the world, uh, was asked one time, you know, what's the secret of your success? And he said, regular habits. And getting out of bed on days when you just don't feel like getting out of bed and staying at the ta task until it's done. I'm surprised in some respects that we don't hear more from psychiatrists and psychologists and, and experts in behavior, sociologists, about how do we 
modify behaviors so that people are industrious. You know, how do we how do we do those kinds of things? And I never hear about that. Oh, I know how to do that. How do we do that? Put a fire under your rear end. You make sure there's nobody there to help you if you fall. Yeah, but, but, but lots people of people. I'm like that. But you know, Bob, like but that. you know, historically, I, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the historical record shows that in situations where there's nobody there to catch you, people do not always pull up their socks and get going. Sometimes they fall. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and our society has decided that we don't want anybody to fall. We don't want anybody to hit that pavement, even if, even if, they, if they're not inspired. And you know what the price of that investors. is? Everybody falls together. We have to pause for a second. When we return, Albert will join us. He has something to say. He'd like to add to our conversation. We'd like to hear from you, too, at 643-1290 or star 1290 in the Rogers Wireless. Back with the Bob and Jeff and Albert right after this. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens. Left, right, and center with Schlemmer and Metz, and Albert joins the conversation. Hello, Albert. Good morning. Yes, sir. Well, hard to get a lot in in five minutes, but it's easy listening to the two gentlemen there that you can talk about a hundred things, and all you do is you talk about them. Mm-hmm. Unless you narrow in on two or three, and implement something. Yes. You're still sitting in the same boat 20 years later, and that's where we are today. Well, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Well, didn't okay. I narrow it down and that's to two because things? People Basically only talk it. about suggestions, and they don't implement them. Now, to me, if I look at somebody who's poor, they're there because of one of two reasons. They're there because of either a victim of their circumstances or by choice. Mm-hmm. And as a taxpayer... I don't mind having uh, bus passes being supplied to people that are on welfare and needing a job that are wanting to go out and use it for that. Yeah. Because, I mean, if they're out looking for a job, they're going to use it. Mm-hmm. If they're not looking at it, it's really not costing us anything. But as an employer, I look at the fact that people work for me, they show up on time, they leave on time, they get a paycheck, and I have a dress code. Welfare is not a right in this country. <clears throat> it's a privilege. And to me, if somebody has a need and has to be on it, then to me, they have an accountability back to us, the employer. And if that means they get free haircuts, if that's what's so desired, because to become the most important, they have a responsibility to become the most employable person they can. Mm-hmm. They need to stand in front of that mirror, and if that means they shave, they get a haircut, they don't do body piercings in their face, then damn it, that's what they do. Well, that's okay, except that the government of the day and many of the social activists of the day don't agree with you. The reality then, says, then well... Tell them, then tell them to stuff it. Mm-hmm. The social activists can then pay for it, mm-hmm. not me. And that's the problem. But are you getting any response? I mean, uh, you, for, for, your opinion is one that's been... Uh, espoused in this program many times by many people, but I would say the government's not listening. Of the general public out there feel that way. But the government is not listening. I know that. So what do you I, do now? What do you do? Well, it's a good thing I'm not a redneck Texan. Because <laughs> 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 I know what I'd love to do. <laughs> well, Albert, the last... Unfortunately, I can't. Yeah, the last word to you then, here. <sighs> they better sit down... I mean, there's a hundred different problems out there, but they've got to pick two or three, zero in on it, try to implement them. 
for a year, two, three years, whatever, and then get feedback to find out. Find success in two or three ideas and then build on it. Instead of trying to fix the whole apple cart, which you can't, because then you're into uh, uh, trying to fix the whole system and you can't. Mm -hmm. Zero in on two or three things. Once you've done that, you've taken the first step. Doing the next step is a little bit easier than the next step. So that 10 years from now, we're helping people. I don't mind a social safety net to help people that have a need. But too many times we're dealing with second, third, fourth generation people. Right. Right. And if somebody is on the system, and I'm going to say for three months, if they haven't found a job, then let's get them back into retraining. It's mandatory. They show up for school. We teach the teachable. But, what, you know, but we still come back, Albert, and this is the point I was making earlier. We still will come back to the hard, cold reality that some of these people are not teachable or don't want to be taught. And if we say, okay, we're going to take the social safety net away from under you, then they're going to fall because they're just, that's what they're going to do. We as a society say we don't want them to hit the pavement. Then I say that we need a different form or version of the armed forces and say, you don't want to work, you know. It's, it's not up for me to bail somebody out. It's my job to help those the people that want to be helped. All right, and if they enough. don't want to be helped, then them going out with a few meals on their own. And I mean, I look at teenagers as are the same way. Yeah, yeah. If the kid needs help, I'll help him. But it's not my job to do his job. He's got to be accountable for his own actions. Can't and we don't teach that in society. Today. Uh, can't argue with that. Albert, thank you for your okay. call today. Appreciate hearing from you. And uh, Angela's up. Hi, Angela. Ding. Um, I was waiting for the day that you'd be having this topic on your uh, show. Um, I run a small business here in London, and basically I started the business on the premise that I would um, begin to hire people that were um, basically um, homeless. Um, people have laughed at me and thought it was um, funny that um, I would want to do that. Um, I've run into a few obstacles along the way trying to get things started. It's basically just me. Um, and I, um, basically I have a vision that the program would be something like that gentleman was talking about. You'd be able to come and get, um, a haircut if you needed it. If you needed a meal, you'd be able to get a meal. Mm -hmm. If you needed someplace to stay, you'd be able to get someplace to stay. The same as they do at the shelters now, um, but, um, maybe more on an individual level. Um, I think where things are lacking at those shelters is there's no personal level to things. It's not family knit. I think if a lot of people who were, um, you know, able to provide the type of money that those places need to get things going came down to those places and saw how they really, really are, they'd be very surprised that, mm -hmm. um, you know, people, people don't want to go there. You know, even the homeless people don't want to go there, um, because of the way that those places are, they're getting better, but, um, you know, there's still a lot of problems. Um, but how do we fix them, Angela? Come back I guess, to work. Like I just heard your your uh, speaker there, and things really do need to get more back to a community based. You know, have the rich people go into those small communities where things are lacking, and maybe you know plant trees, clean up the spray paint. Yes, it's a lot for people that have money to do, but it makes such a huge difference to those people that don't have anything, and they do notice it. Um, those are the kinds of things that I think people in general want to do. They want to help. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's touch the quarter with me, I guess. All right. Appreciate the car, the call rather. Thank you, Ange. Mm -hmm. 
I was going to say, uh, one of the things that really strikes me is that uh, it would be so nice if we could somehow drain the ideology out of this whole thing and and get smart about figuring out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and we'll find there's a bunch of things going on. You know, I, I talk about people who, who don't want to work, and, and I'm sure there are some that it's attitudinal, but we're finding that depression is is being diagnosed a lot more than it used to be. Well, mm-hmm. what's that all about? Mm-hmm. Uh, people have bad patches in their life, you know, but they may have a year where they're down to divorce, blah, 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 blah. What effect does that have? And I don't mean from a bleeding heart standpoint. I mean, genuinely, yes. what is, what's that about? And how do we get them past that and get them back to being productive? Because I, I don't think there are many left-wingers who would say we don't want people to have productive lives. We want them to, but somehow we need to get beyond the, the ideology. We think we know the answers on both sides and, and genuinely look at it with, with again, the, the expertise that we as a modern civilization have to figure out what's really going on there. So why are we not doing I, that? I, 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 I don't understand why Jeff would think ideology has to be divorced from reality. Most ideologies are, but a handful are not. And to suggest that you're going to find out what's going on and how to solve the big problem without addressing it ideologically is completely backwards. Now, when you're talking about something like diagnosing someone, supposing, supposedly they're depressed, that requires a means test of some sort. You've got to go in there and talk to the person. Mm-hmm. The left wing has constantly been opposed to something that simple. Well, because that's everyone take the ideology well, that's a false I want ideology. to know the answer. I want to get to the bottom right. of it. But, but there are all of these things that, that, that are noise, that, that distract us. You know, as you know, a couple of years ago, I got into economics, an economic theory about, uh, about un- the natural rate of unemployment. Mm-hmm. And what's that about? There are some economists that say we need unemployment to keep inflation down. Well, how do I factor that into it? I, I really, frankly, have... It's too big for me to figure out. And I wish there was somebody that was credible, that wasn't a lefty and wasn't a righty, who, who could say, you know, we're doing this research, we've got this expertise and that expertise, and we're following people, we're doing the pilot projects. I agree with Albert that we should try a lot more stuff on a pilot basis mm-hmm. and just try it. Try it in London for a year and see what happens. You know, try it in Peterborough for a couple of years and, and test it. Why don't we do that? Is it just money? It always seems to be money and everything else. Is well, it just money here? I think people are identifying pro- things as problems that aren't being poor being being in poverty and not having money are two totally different things mm-hmm. i've been in the situation where i've had a lot of money and zero money never in my life did i ever consider myself being in poverty mm-hmm. my father was a millionaire twice a pauper two or three times we came to, when we came to canada i remember we had to empty my piggy bank to pay the rent one month mm-hmm. right but but never did we ever feel that we were in a in, a, in an environment of poverty because there was so much opportunity if you mm-hmm. needed the money you did something if things went wrong you know, you counted on the community to help out. Then mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't this government thing, and so. But something's broken, though. Something's, not that that system was as great as as the sitcoms of the fifties would have us believe. There was a lot going on under the surface that just wasn't being talked about. But but again, but Jeff, I, I don't know. You asked why government doesn't do this kind of stuff, and I really don't know. Government is is creating the damage. We we, we yeah. pay fifty to sixty percent of everything we earn to the government and taxes, so they can blow it on stuff. That sounds like ideology to me. That's, 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 <laughs> it's not ideology. ideology. Yeah, I want, not, I want value uh, for money. Yeah, what is ideological about about a third party coming to you and taking the money out of your pocket without your consent? That's ideology. That's really ideology. Holy well, cow! Well, well, the reality there's reality here though. Beside beyond ideology, and the reality is that Bob's right about the amount of money that government takes. And yeah. Jeff, you've made the point before. You don't mind paying taxes if you think you're getting value for money. Right but are we getting value for money? Well, I don't know. But we've had poverty. I think you know before we've had a lot of government intervention. Like I, I just again, I think it's that's ideological it's to say problem. that government trying to do something about it is the problem. It's like well, we had it before they started, and that hasn't gone away. But it isn't any better after they started, but it costs us a lot more money. So isn't that you know, a negative? I don't know that it costs us a lot more money. Again, our standard of living is much better than it was when Dickens was around. Mm-hmm. Poverty has been lessened. You know, 
as much as Excuse as much me. as we spend every week complaining, our standard of our lifestyle when is so. Was no, it's much Van, better than when it, when it was. Van Van Van. Went, oh, thank you. <laughs> as, as much as as much as we complain all the time, and I'm the first one but to that, do it. The fact is that somehow we've been lurching along in a direction that has made things better for virtually everybody in in industrialized countries. So, do anyway. we, so should we worry as much about the people at the people at the bottom in the Dickensian times were in a lot worse shape than the people at the bottom today? Maybe we maybe we're worried about them too much. Well, again, if somebody can tell me because they've done it, they've researched it independently, and they can say, look, they're they're quite satisfied to be where they are, then I'm down with that. I don't think they are anecdotally. Uh, so I think there still is something we need to be doing there. Uh, but again, I, I agree with with, uh, with the caller to say that uh, really, I come from my ideology. The guys that I battle against come from their ideology. And it's so rare for us to actually say, let's really try and get to the bottom of what's going on here. And what are some things we could do? What are some carrots we could do? What are some sticks we could do? I know my project for this year of getting back into working out is rollerblades. It's my new hope to get back to fitness <laughs> thing. <laughs> so what is... And, and a year from now, who knows what it'll be. What are the rollerblades that can get some people back on wheels and into jobs? It's uh, a good summation for you, Jeff. Uh, 30 seconds to you, Bob. Uh, I think the great tragedy about how we even address all welfare issues, especially through government, is not on the basis of need, but on the basis of envy and egalitarianism. We believe that because someone has less money than someone else, that there's a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. Um, it's a problem if you're the one that doesn't have as much money and you want more. I live most of my life that way. And if I want more, I can get more. Mm -hmm. I work for it. I, I work piecemeal on everything. And mm -hmm. most people don't think like that. They go, you know, they go through our education system that teaches them to be an employee for somebody else, you know. And that's unfortunately how most of them end up. Gentlemen, thank you both. Always uh, insightful and always informative and provocative, too. It's Left, Right, and Center with Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer.